really enjoy that music. It's too bad we don't have the rights to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it slaps. And if you do happen to own the rights to this music and you're upset that we're using it, please contact me. I've tried to contact you, I think, and I would like to sort that out legally. But in the meantime, welcome, friends, to the Left Look podcast, your new favorite podcast from the Gato Institute. We're here the week of the 30th. We're chit. Well, I guess this one's going on next week, so the week of the 2nd. We're going to chit-chat about the Olympics and, you know, the history there, what's going on with the current ones. Kind of, we're just providing the, the left look of the Olympics. I'm on Wikipedia here. I'm just going to go with this to start. You yeah, know, yeah. the ancient Olympics, did you know they went for 1,100 years? Like, they had... They, 1,100? Jesus. Yeah, 776 was the first Olympics, B.C., and 393 was the last one. Wow. When the Christians destroyed all, everything there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I guess we're, we're nowhere near getting close to that record, are we? No. When did the modern one start? 1896, I think it said. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus. So, like, only 600 years. of the Olympics happened <laughs> pre 400. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of depressing. Jesus, it's okay. that is Jesus depressing. never knew the Olympics. <laughs> but no, Jesus did. Yeah, for 400 years. Plus, Jesus was around before then. They'd been around. Yeah, they'd, the Olympics had been established for like 600 years when Jesus showed up. Oh, all right, I must, I must have the dates wrong in my head. It's like a real simple system <laughs> for Jesus. I, I, I got to think you're messing with me. Me too, but I'm, it's a bit I'm into. Uh, like, oh, man, jeez. When was Jesus born again? Was it like 500? 580? <laughs> I was hoping you'd go with C, but you're right. Saying AD is funnier there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that is fucking crazy. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. D- does weird. it give you any particulars as to what uh, the ancient Olympics involved? Oh, I know lots about that. They were, uh, there was, uh, there was, it was just all wrestling, wasn't it? There was, it was generally the what it is now. There was, but it was focused on like events like running, wrestling, uh, throwing things like that uh, but they had different types of wrestling like they had greek boxing mm-hmm. like there was a there was a, a punching one and then there was a wrestling one called pancration and they for pancration they would get all oiled up and naked for it <laughs> very weird oh the spartans weren't allowed Let's to bring com- that one back the spartans weren't allowed to compete in any of the fighting events <laughs> because they would win consistently and they were like that's not fun <laughs> Come on, come on. You can draw some modern day parallels to with the trans people that aren't allowed to compete with today's Olympics. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Alexander's dad, Philip of Macedon, I'm pretty sure he was an Olympic gold medalist or whatever they fucking called it back then, a winner. A uh, no winner. Chariot, chariot racing, I'm pretty sure. Uh, that's, that's not a real sport. That's what I oh, think. That's- that's dope. No, let's put car racing in the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> let's get those Fast and Furious guys to do like drag strips. I I'm only I'm only down if it's uh, like a soapbox derby. Like those those cars <laughs> have to be made out of like very rudimentary materials. Like the the Red Bull style. Yeah, yeah. I was hoping it'd be like that. Mario Kart, but like with a death race. <laughs> you know, you know the movie Death Race. Yeah, with that kind of vibe to it. So you <laughs> you throw the shell, but it's really like a fucking mine or whatever <laughs> a heat sinking mine. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pack of C four. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's go karting that kills people. <laughs> <laughs> the um, the triathlon was a really big thing back then, right? I'm not sure. That makes sense. I, I mean, that makes sense to me as well. But I, uh, it wasn't. I it wasn't. No, wait it wasn't in the in the same. Like, obviously, they didn't have bikes. Hold up. 
right? Yeah. <laughs> but it would have been horse riding. Yeah, I think it was it was that or part of it was cherry racing, wasn't it? Or that there was definitely a third unless it was just a biathlon back then. I don't think they had skis either. Mm-hmm. Nah, guy. What, I'm, in, uh, I'm on the Wikipedia page here, uh, and there's no, uh, there's no fucking early history. It's like 1934. Damn. It's, 1921. Here's another fucking date. Oh, 1901. That's the earliest it gets. Damn. For triathlon. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Well, I guess we were just better at doing more things at once than the Greeks were. Yeah. Do you we think pat ourselves you, on the back for you that? You don't one. do them at once. No, but like those those Greek guys, they had to stop and think about the run they just had for like three days. They, had to, they did that a lot, from what I've noticed. Yeah, they just fucking thinking all the time, <laughs> <laughs> sitting around and thinking while their economy collapses. <laughs> I tell you, the uh, that bit about the Spartans though, that's that's fucked that's up. Fucking funny. <laughs> You've got this whole it's culture like, devoted to, like, martial combat. <laughs> and then they roll up to the Olympics being like, oh, finally, we get to be good at something. And all the other Greek states are like, no, 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 no. You're too good. Get it. Go get lost. <laughs> get out of here. You, uh, I, I like it because it speaks to, like, what the rest of the Greeks thought of. Like, the Spartans are weird. You shouldn't think of them as Greek. Oh, the no, Greek no. World, They're definitely weird. With the... <laughs> I I agree. Just weird fucking people. But the Greek world thought of excellence as just like this this strength of will. You know what I mean? This this character uh, manifesting itself in the world. Whereas the Spartans were like, yeah, I got a bunch of slaves and I work out all day. <laughs> like our entire society does that. <laughs> they had it figured out. Uh-huh. Let's go back to that. Yeah, they're kind of just instead of slave. They're kind of just echoing every uh, red-pilled person I've ever met. <laughs> oh come on, a red-pilled person would never work out. It's just they would if they nature. knew what was good for them. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking funny. That's an open threat, by the way. Come fight me. <laughs> so I uh, I was playing Hearts of Iron today mm-hmm. and. Uh, Every time uh, I boot up a game of Hearts of Iron, you start in 1936, and no matter what nation you play as, pretty much, you get this alert in the summer of 1936, mm-hmm. and it says the games of the 11th Olympiad have concluded. And I read it because the 11th is spelled Roman numerals XI, mm-hmm. and I read it as the games of the G Olympiad <laughs> every fucking time. <laughs> I, I do it, and then I go, oh, you're such an idiot. <laughs> no, no. Th- those ones were in 2016. Don't worry about it. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. 2008. You should have went with Beijing. Oh, shit. Okay. I thought Beijing was in 2016. No, it was in Seoul, wasn't it? Uh, that was Rio. What? No, Rio was 2012. Yeah. No, that was London. Shit. You're right. Yeah. Wasn't I've... Korea winter one? I have was no it, idea. Was it summer? And now, folks, we get to the crux of the issue where none of us know anything about the Olympics. Uh, you caught us. I exposed everyone. Um, yeah, we know enough to talk about them, though. I think. Uh, no. Or at least read the Wikipedia. Page. I, I think we've experienced them enough as observers to uh, critique them, and we live in a time where their uh, existence, you know has brought about a lot of uh, public anger. <laughs> yeah, I remember first thinking that the Olympics might not be good. It was during the the London opener, whatever year mm-hmm. it was. And they just, you know, they fucking went off with all sorts of pyrotechnics and actors, you know, the whole shebang. And it's like, who is benefiting from this? Yeah. Seems like a huge waste of time and energy. I think it was Rio was the first Olympics where I was like, "Yeah, this is just fucking garbage." That that country is, you know, faces poverty and uh, literacy rates and hunger beyond all compare, and they just have these rotting stadiums. But uh, for me, over moreover that it's that 
it shouldn't fucking matter. Like, you could make a little formula that should tell you which country gets how many gold. And it should just be like <laughs> GDP times population growth. Maybe uh, with like a little variation for equatorial fucking... Uh, yeah, countries with higher elevation score a little bit higher. <laughs> on uh, on marathon sports, but then the coastal countries will do better in the sprinting sports. And then uh, higher... Uh, uh, sorry, higher... Uh, towards the poles countries do better during the winter olympics just it's just stupid to me (laughs) (laughs) i don't know like i do i do agree that it's kind of it's kind of fucked up what they've become like i'm sure if the ancient greeks could look on them they'd be like what are you guys doing but i think that that whole coming together in competition thing i think that's you know, I think that's something we can be proud of almost as a species. Really? I, I see it as a, as a substitute for war among the great powers. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, ooh, let me flex these, these muscles as I, uh, like uh, nation states doing this. Imagine 12 guys yeah, yeah, yeah. in a room just decked <laughs> out in a flag, and they've been hitting steroids all fucking year, like for years, in fact. And they just all kind of mean look each other for a couple hours. That's what I th- see as the Olympics. <laughs> mean mug. That's I'm, what I was going for. Sorry. Yeah. And there's definitely some truth to that. But, like, for those individual Olympians, that's got to be so great. To be like, yeah, I've competed with everybody in my town and I was the best. And then I competed with everybody in my country and I was the best. And now I'm here, like, competing with the rest of the world. To, you know? That's kind of, that's an honor almost. Yeah, I think if you were to boil it down to, you know, uh, like what it should be, a sport, right? I think if you were to boil it down to that, like, you know, more personal stories, and yeah, it's it's way more humane that way. But, you know, Jacob's definitely right, too. Like, it is just just a flex for nation states. (laughs) Mm-hmm. As an institution, I think it grosses me out. But I, of course, I'm touched by stories. There's all these just overcomings, triumphs of the will, if you will. You know what I mean? But yeah, I I can't get out of my mind. Like for instance, I was watching. I think it was uh the qualifying rounds for the American team for uh, track and field mm-hmm. mostly, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the 400 meter went on. And basically everyone on the track was black, right? Because that's one of those sports that it doesn't matter how much wealth you have, you know? It's, it's like a truly <laughs> uh, fair sport. And then they switched over yeah. to, uh, to um, uh, what, what's it called? The steeplechase, mm-hmm. where there's, there's uh, obstacles in the way. And almost 70% of the field was white because <laughs> it costs money to train <laughs> in that, right? <laughs> it, yeah. Where is the lie? <laughs> like, I, I don't understand. Rowing. Rowing doesn't get enough shit, man. <laughs> like, Oh, funny story about rowing. So when I was having my, my little fitness days in like, I don't know, 2018-ish, I got this book out on just kind of like, uh, like competition at the highest level, I guess. Mm. And how like just kind of where sports optimization has reached mm. and somebody put it nicely he's like you know at this point it's just it's an aggregation of marginal gains like everybody knows the best form everybody knows best the best ways to time. train that stuff everybody is just competing for like one percent here or two percent here and it's just you know it's not it's kind of moved a little bit away from what sport is supposed to be but it's still entertaining mm. and uh Rowing. <laughs> Success in rowing correlates dramatically with height. Yeah. So in the run-up to the 2016 Olympics, I think it was the British Olympic Committee was like, hey, if you're a woman that's over six foot, contact us because we want you to row our boats. We will train you to row and you will be yeah. good at it. <laughs> and then these people within like, I don't know, two years of having picked up the oars, like fucking killed it at the Olympics. It's hilarious. Yeah, like you can you can hack your way to victory just with enough science and money. So I read a book like that and it was almost exactly the same thing. They talked about how in the 30s every in every sport in the Olympics there was like 
a, a perfect athlete's body type and you were about five foot ten and you were about 180 pounds for men obviously right mm-hmm. and uh since then people have developed sports science that there are perfect bodies for perfect for the perfect sport right so yeah. high jump is always the one they go to because it's fucking just ridiculous what the the people that they find for that sport they're <laughs> they're six foot ten or almost seven feet tall most of them right and they're skin and bones they're, they're not the nothing on them just yeah obviously that guy's gonna get over a higher pole than me <laughs> <laughs> yeah like and you know with those things in mind i do kind of see your point about you know, we could just calculate who gets what medals. And, you know, in a way, we are. We just need people to prove it. And Simone Biles said, fuck you, I'm not proving it this time. Simone Biles has proved plenty. But, yeah, she did say it this time. <laughs> I, I think it's great how, like, most of uh, uh, liberal society has rallied around Simone Biles and her choice to be like, I don't have the mental strength to win gold in every event for America this time. I've... I've done it too many times in a row for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys can pick up this one. Mm-hmm. For our listeners, that's uh, Simone Biles is the acrobat, the gymnast, who uh, is the goat. Uh, I have no other way to describe her. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because I actually hadn't, I mean, maybe I have heard of her before this year, but I... The name was not familiar to me going into these Olympics. Nah. It's just how little attention I paid to them, I guess. Uh, I'm a political opportunist. I uh, I create bits to fit my political narrative. I, I had no idea who Simone Biles was a, a week ago. <laughs> you know, it's kind of crazy, too. I was thinking about that before we started. Um, there was a time. There was a time in my life when I was... Uh, you know, maybe just getting into high school, finishing elementary school. The Olympics were a big fucking deal. Like, it was yeah. an Olympic year, and like, oh man, hell yeah! Like this summer, bam, gonna you go buy the mittens? N- not that big, but like, you know, that's what's on the TV. Like, the TV's gonna be on, and the Olympics are gonna be there all day. Like for those two weeks yeah. or whatever. Like, it's it's a Winter Olympics year. Hell yeah, you know that you know that winter break's gonna be spent watching the Olympics. Uh, Vancouver no, 2012, yeah. I think, was like the peak of that. But you, you know, there were, there were big names like you know Michael Phelps, Usain Bolt. Um, yeah. I remember big moments yeah, their names too. Stuck with us. Yeah, but like, I don't know anybody competing in this one, and like maybe that speaks to <laughs> me becoming old and jaded. But I don't know. There's not that. There's not that joy in it anymore. There's not that drive to be like, oh yeah, I want to check out the Olympics. Uh, I, I think I've only really been looking into it the past couple days because we said we'd do this, but otherwise I don't <laughs> think I would have. You made a yeah. comment that was like really prescient, I thought, before we started, that you said it's because Netflix doesn't stream it. And it's true. We have like seen the collapse of the monoculture in our time because TV is no longer something we can all talk about. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's what it's not it. something we all really experience and like i i still have cable my family still has cable i could definitely still go watch it but it's just not it's something that's fallen out of my you know <laughs> yeah i'd have to choose to do it yeah. instead of like i want to go consume what i'd like to consume you know what i mean yeah yeah they uh when uh that michael jordan series came out on netflix this podcaster i followed uh, a leftist Marxist, uh, Michael Brooks, rest in peace. Uh, he uh, he he mentioned that point that it was like being back in the early aughts or nineties that everybody had seen it and everybody was watching it as the episodes came out. And so, like, you could talk to anybody basically about this Michael Jordan series. And uh, I'm sure neither of you watched mm. it though. Yeah, nope. <laughs> as I'm saying it. <laughs> Although. Just the collapse of the monoculture. I think a really good example of that would be how Game of Thrones ended. <laughs> <laughs> like, people were into that. It was it was the thing on TV. Like, people were more into that than any of the Olympics going on at the time, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, no. And then, 
yeah, we had a really terrible ending, and we all just kind of went, well, that wasn't worth it. The death of Cable HP. can be directly attributed to the last season of <laughs> Game of Thrones. Exactly. HBO uh, and whatever the fucking television that Breaking Bad was on were like the last bastions of that monoculture, though. You know, they, uh, the, uh, the Hollywood production value of a of a really well-maintained series. That was the last thing that attracted everybody to the living room. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, like, you still get bits and pieces here and there with, I guess, like, the Olympics or the Super Bowl or something, but... Even the Super Bowl, I bet you the, their watching has been down. Let's look. I'm going to look that I, up. I think, thought. especially <laughs> last the last Super Bowl, it was stupid low. Now, this is kind of tangential. Tangential? Easy there. Gentle. Easy there. Be gentle with it. Uh, is that coming out correctly? <laughs> uh, but do you think that has anything to do with how Trump has kind of just destroyed all of our brains? Oh. Like, nothing the Olympics can do will be as exciting as... No, you uh, know, honestly... A, a big uh, uh, Trump guffaw. For, for me... Uh, sorry, I got started before you were over. Um, and I love... Gafaf, thank you. That's mm, that's a delicious yeah <laughs> word. Tangential and gafaf. <laughs> um, the thing is, right? So how I've been kind of observing the Olympics the past little while is through YouTube because, uh, for me, that's how I absorb <laughs> things now. And uh, a big thing has been these uh, CBC has been doing these while you've been asleep things. And it's basically like a quick five minute (laughs) recap of everything that happened the day previous in the Olympics. And um, obviously with a with a lens over, you know, Canadian, a Canadian bias to it. Um, And I, I still find myself really absorbed in like these little these little very minute stories they tell you know there there was one about um what was her name penny uh the swimmer uh she's won quite a few medals this year already and she she oh, was yeah. going for seven uh i don't know if that's in her career or in this year but like she just she like the person uh beat her out of third for the seventh medal uh by like point zero seven of a second and she she like smashed her previous record she destroyed the canadian record in that event but still like didn't win and like you Mm. know while i was watching that i was like oh man that's heartbreaking like i'm i'm so upset for you and i know if i were watching that event like in person i would feel super crushed so uh, like i i don't think it has anything to do with like the experience itself i think it's just like the way it's presented that's just eh. (laughs) i don't want to i don't want to deal with this I don't want to go watch the Olympics. I'm busy. Yeah, we don't I, have all-day Olympics in us anymore, but maybe five-minute Olympics we can get into. Yeah, I, I, I will consume that person's life story over YouTube in five minutes, for sure. Can we go back to the <laughs> Super Bowl numbers, though? Because sure. I have... Oh, sorry. One sec. I just want to make a comment. Was yeah. that swimmer girl, was she the one who nailed it without putting her goggles on or something? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I saw that meme going around. Okay, <laughs> never mind. Super Bowl. Yeah, so I've got the Super Bowl numbers here, and you, Julian, said that the uh, uh, you made a comment earlier about how Trump has burned us all out or something like that, and the numbers yeah. seem to bear that almost <laughs> perfectly. That uh, it peaked in 2017 at 172 million, and it's down to 148 million, but. Uh, the peak was uh, a weird blip because that was it had the drama of the the Tom. That was a great game. The Tom I remember Bur- that game. What? And uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that it had the drama of the Tom Brady uh, dynasty being wrapped up, basically, right? But uh, mm-hmm. it, it it really peaked 2013. Like it, it, it's a trend uh, from six, 1967 to 2013 where it hit 164 million and then it, it was trending down and then it had a, a spike because of that drama but it looks like they're falling off a cliff it's interesting good Very interesting yeah yeah hey and in a couple episodes we can do a super bowl episode <laughs> that'll be fun we can get right into that shouldn't we wait for february for that yeah well that's not that far in my head <laughs> I turned 27 in February. That better be fucking far. 
You're not alone in that, are you? I don't think you are. Uh, DJ's born in January, I'm pretty sure, hey. right? Oh, that's right. Well, enough giving out our personal information. Yeah, oops. Oh, they can't um, find that. No way. What? No way that fucking helps them locate and kill me. And if they do, please end my life. I'm in such misery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come and do it. Actually, I had a little tidbit I wanted to share, but I was unsure because I, I have to state. I guess I only have to say where I don't live. So, I don't live in Sudbury. I live like four hours from Sudbury. Jesus. I was walking home today, and this guy in his van pulled over like to ask me something i was like okay like weird haven't done this in a couple couple years i guess give somebody directions on the side of the road uh, but he pulls over and i'm like hi I was like what's up you know i've given people directions in the city before even though i'm not that familiar with it and he stops me and he says is now this this here is is this sudbury <laughs> <laughs> And I have to shut down, instantly have to shut down 90% of my brain because I'm about to lose it with this guy, just laughing because that's the funniest thing I've ever been asked. And uh, yeah, I spend the next like 30 seconds scrambling to try to figure out how to get him to Sudbury. Yeah. And he's just polite, yeah, thanks. S send him on his way. And I start walking away and I just fucking burst out laughing because... <laughs> What a move. Like, honestly, I'm going to do that to people even if I know where I am. <laughs> that's so fucking funny. Just make sure it's always Sudbury, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. The fact that he's trying to go to Sudbury, just it adds a little something to it. There's just that mystique about wanting to be in Sudbury. Like, I don't think anybody wants to be in Sudbury. <laughs> no, I agree. It's a fucking moonscape up there. It's bizarre. Unironically, I miss Sudbury sometimes, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, Did you live in Sudbury for? A bit? Yeah, I went to school there for a while, about a year. Huh. It was nice, nice, nice place. I still have dreams about that school. Bizarre stuff. <laughs> it, because right, sorry, this is this is where we're getting really off topic. It's about the half hour point. That's about when we do the. Yeah, the, that's it's about right. when we get real off topic. Um, this college, right? They didn't have a lot. It wasn't like on a. You, you know you go to a campus and it's like oh we're so prestigious we take up so much room we have so much land mass to build on uh i'm looking at you mcmaster you fat piece of shit um and western, and western yeah why do you need so much space western is sprawling right and the 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 wasted green space it's just yeah it's hideous <laughs> And all like Good. all post secondary establishments are guilty, um, except they're, they're, uh, sorry. UT got it figured out Be real quick. Before you continue, Go there's you. a uh, there's a, a an observatory beside my law school uh -huh. that uh, hasn't been used in what I hear is like 50 years or something like that. It's just this <laughs> beautiful fucking tower that's just abandoned that's really for sad. all intents and purposes. Yeah, sorry to cut. No, off, you should but... sneak in there and look at the stars. I bet that'd be lovely. I've I've broken in there. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Um, right. Sorry, Cambrian. Good old Cambrian. Cambrian doesn't like. There's not much to the school. You can walk around it maybe like 15 minutes. But it's like you know, it's got all the things that a college needs, right? But that means it's tall. The the school was like seven <laughs> stories from basement to peak. And I will never get over that. Is... Just how, because I remember one time I had a I had a communications class on the fourth floor or something stupid, and I like I didn't really know how the classes were like laid out. I was like, what the fuck, four hundred three C? I was like, where the fuck? Yeah, it was on the fourth fucking floor. And just <laughs> was it like a, a brutalist art architect? Yeah, 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 super brutalist. At Brock. Uh, most of the university was this tower that they built in the 60s that was like 14 floors. Just this brutalist <laughs> fortress, you know, cement all the way up. Yeah. I oh, loved I love it. The sound of that. Everybody was like, oh, that's so ugly. I'm like, this is a fortress of education. Yeah. This is... <laughs> Actually, uh, U of T's library is referred to as Fort Book for that exact reason. That's funny. 
But, uh, you know, that reminds me of the right-wing meme I see all the time that's like, is there uh, anything less, sorry, anything more depressing than left-wing architecture? It's right-wing <laughs> architecture is obviously <laughs> the fucking answer, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> shanty towns or homelessness. Sorry, continue. There's one picture, we're, we're drifting further off topic, but that's okay. We'll come yeah. back. There's a picture that circulates on Tumblr from time to time of um, Mussolini's headquarters in Italy, mm-hmm. and it just says like, it's got a huge like 3D thing of his face for one on the front. Gross. And then it's surrounded by the word C. That's Italian for yes, right? S I. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, meow. It's just, sur- just yeah. <laughs> Enron's here. He's helping with the podcast. Uh, the yeah, just surrounded Enron's by boat. C, and it's like. This horrifyingly, like, intimidating building. <laughs> it's got those big brother yeah, vibes. I can find a picture. The inside yeah. is also filled with busts of uh, Mussolini. It's very weird. He's not a very good-looking man. Um, yeah, not the way Hitler was, at least. <laughs> he thought he was really sexy, Hitler. Eh? <laughs> he, he, yeah. he, like, thought that uh, if he got married, it would hurt the morale of the nation and things like that (laughs) but uh bringing it back to topic um i want to talk about the the boycotts that have happened in the past um so apparently there are are a couple major boycotts Mm -hmm. but the ones that i want to talk about are the 76 olympics the 80 olympics and the 84 olympics the 80 olympics basically the united states empire uh boycotted the olympics in moscow mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and then in 1980 so uh yeah <laughs> how dare those soviets help their people uh that's disgusting <laughs> lift millions of out of poverty and defeat the nazis it's fucking <laughs> so authoritarian anyways um 1984 olympics the soviets and iran and then a couple of uh countries in africa i think it's angola which is communist and uh libya which was socialist at the time ethiopia um but uh they all boycotted the olympics in uh los angeles but most impressively in 1976 basically all of africa boycotted the olympics in montreal and I want to know why that is. <laughs> That's fucking crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, why? Well, I've heard of the the two Cold War superpowers going at it with boycotts. I had not heard of that in the '76 one. Mm-hmm. Me neither. It's like our government hid that from us as children. <laughs> yeah, I think that's especially weird because I had always heard like, oh yeah, the '76 Olympics were a big deal in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you see. The park is still there, yeah. right? You can see it. It's pretty yeah, dope. Yeah, because they, they had like the expo the, the same biosphere. year, didn't they? I think so. The big Canadian expo? That sounds right. Yeah, Montreal was just on top yeah. of the world that year. Ah, yeah. here, here's what it is. So... 29 countries, mostly African, boycotted the Montreal Games when the International Olympic Committee refused to ban New Zealand after the New Zealand (laughs) rugby team had toured South Africa earlier in 1976 in defiance of the United Nations call for a sporting embargo of that country. Huh. The Soviet Union won the most gold medals overall. (laughs) That's so all over the place. So it's not even like Montreal's fault. (laughs) Had nothing no, no. To do with Canada. <laughs> I, I, I was confirmed in my our, my suspicions because what the fuck could we have done to piss so many people <laughs> off? Like, <laughs> I mean, well, if anybody's gonna do it, it's gonna be the Quebecois. Oh, come on! The the Quebecois are the least imperialist of the of the countries. They have probably upset the least amount of African countries. <laughs> <laughs> if, if we're gonna do it by numbers. <laughs> Maybe the uh, the North African and West African countries would get a little PTSD hearing a little French, yeah. but uh, <laughs> I <laughs> I think that the the language is bastardized and balkanized enough that they'd be like that's not French. Even the, even the West Africans <laughs> would recognize. <laughs> yeah. 
<sighs> and then the Americans and Russians, they banned each other, what, just because they were the opposing superpower? Basically, I, I, I assume. You want me to look it up? I'll, I'll do a little reading here. Yeah, sure. And then, just for my own knowledge base here, when was our golden goal against the Russians? 88, I think. That's 88, okay. That's our, our little claim to fame as Canadians here. We couldn't do shit about the Russians during the Cold War, but hey, presto, we can beat them in a hockey game. It's really our claim to fame anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the uh, the USSR announced its intentions to boycott the 1984 Olympics on May 8, 1984, citing security concerns and chauvinistic sentiments and anti-Soviet hysteria being whipped up by the United <laughs> States. And you know what? This is the Reagan years, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. And uh, I'm I'm sure that a uh, 84 was uh, just them thumbing their nose back. Oh no, wait! 80 came first, so they boycotted first. Mm. Yeah. Huh? Interesting. All right, now I'm gonna I'm gonna make a different fucking uh, conspiracy. Putting my tinfoil hat on here. All right. Um. 76 to 80, Jimmy Carter was in charge, right? And Jimmy Carter is famous for never firing a bomb, bullet, or missile in the name of U.S. Empire. I mean, he did some fucked up shit in East Timor, but you got to really know your fucking <laughs> history to give a shit about that. So, like, uh, East Timor is tiny. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but um, anyways, so what I think happened is this 80s uh, boycott of the Moscow Olympics is just the deep state being like, we got to juice this Cold War up. This uh, this has been a warm, cold four years. Yeah. <laughs> We're so lost without Vietnam. What, what the fuck are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> and Iran had just happened right around that time, right? When was, oh, the yeah. Iran, when was the Iran hostage crisis? I think that was the 70s thing, right? Actually, I feel like it was early 80s. Yeah. 79, yeah. 79 to 81. So oh. it, it went... Another yeah. little Canadian claim to fame in there. We got some of the hostages out. <laughs> we helped the U.S. Empire and yeah. ruined <laughs> our diplomatic immunity forevermore. <laughs> uh, we were happy little pawns in the CIA scheme to extract American nationals. The Canada uh, has always been, you know, the younger brother of the u.s empire though like it's uh we're uh we're very similar to like an amici or uh what the romans had with the uh, the com some of the other italian states like capua or uh uh Aretium or something like that they weren't romans but they spoke the same language and had the same culture mm -hmm. and fought the same wars but they got a vote on it sometimes, <laughs> like... <laughs> if they were good and polite. And it wasn't <laughs> too big of a war, yeah, they could be like, nah, we don't, we don't feel that one. <laughs> yeah, we're going to sit a rack out. Sorry, guys. Sat Vietnam out, too. I'm proud of that. Yeah, that's true. There was a... I th who was in charge for that one? You're, there's a good quote about that. You guys speak. I'll find that. All yeah, right. Um, uh, talking uh, words. Um, I really did think I had something else to say about the Olympics, but uh, I, I was going to mention that uh, on on the topic of controversy, I remember. Um, well, Vancouver was 2010, right? 2010. I remember there was a there was I a big so. stink during the Vancouver uh, Olympics that they had like just straight up built on native land. <laughs> Like they were just like, oh, terrible. yoink! Uh, we need this. Bye. We need this to impress the other countries. Because I remember there were a lot of protests, protests, protests. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's when you have a Protestant there, protest, by the way. There's a guffaw. <laughs> uh, there were a lot of protests about like, you know, like native lands rights at the time, if I remember correctly. Um, I don't think at the at the yeah. age that that I would have been when those came out, I really understood that problem. 
Yeah. You know what I remember most distinctly about the Vancouver one? Um, winning. Is... No. Okay. No, not even that. That hockey game was off uh, off the charts, though, not going to lie. Was that one of the yeah, good yeah. ones? All right. Good, to know. good old Sid the Another... Kid. Uh, no, I remember they didn't have enough snow for some of the winter oh, yeah. and they had to truck it <laughs> <'Cause>... <laughs> from other locations. <laughs> yeah, it was like March. <laughs> And, yeah, and some of the I was like, oh, Jesus. yeah, I remember some of the mountains were like, oh shit, we're too hot. Uh, yeah. mm, I don't know, figure it out. I was like, huh, maybe this climate change thing is, you know, maybe it's gonna bite my ass in my lifetime. And now I know that it definitely is going to. Oh, but at the time, it's already starting to nibble, brother. <laughs> yeah, at the time I was like, huh, I don't like the look of that. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Not to stir up everyone's climate anxiety, but hey, yeah, it was a weird little tidbit. The Olympics at the time. just en encompasses it all. It's just a perfect little, a little set piece for everything that's wrong with humanity. <laughs> Actually, that's a really good way to put it because what's Tokyo struggling with right now? Uh, uh, COVID nationalism. COVID cases. <laughs> yeah, nationalism. I was gonna say nationalism, but I always say nationalism. I'll, so. I'll take it this time. I'll take it. <laughs> No, their fucking reactionary element is gross. Yeah. Um, what's what's his face? The just retired prime minister. Oh, um, Abe. Izu. Abe. He's like uh, basically part of the Kodaha, you know, like the Imperial Way yeah. faction or whatever. He would go to, go to the temple and like do the bonsai and all that. It's like, oh, <laughs> that's a that's a little creepy. Yeah, he was in office for ages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that uh. They're just as uh, reactionary as they've ever oh, yeah. been. They're, uh, they just came out with an, uh, what they call a helicopter oh. carrier that uh, <laughs> they plan to convert into an aircraft carrier. And it's in their goddamn constitution that they can't have aircraft mm -hmm. carriers. So I think uh, they're gearing up to either face down the uh, Chinese or just say, hey, you don't want none. Yeah. Won't, don't want none, won't be none. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. To, it's like such a thick layer of just like fucking xenophobia that, like, man, yeah. it's leaning, it's leaning, it's leaning more towards that first option, I think. The Americans did that too, like, consciously when they rebuilt the country. They could have made them, uh, you know, a, a social democratic mm -hmm. paradise and they would have been. They would have thrived there were, for centuries. Uh, and like, yet, I, I remember um, post-war, there was a lot of like, there was a lot of support for a lot of left-leaning ideologies. And uh, if I remember mm. correctly, a lot like, um, yeah, <laughs> the United States influence was basically just like, no. Yeah, they were like, if we don't put the emperor back in, I think this is like a Macar a Douglas MacArthur quote. Uh, if we don't put the emperor back in, they will fall to yeah, communism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I found the thing I wanted to talk about before. It was uh, the the Canada and Vietnam thing I had mentioned mm -hmm. earlier. Oh, yeah. uh, Lester B. Pearson in 1965 gave a speech about uh, how America is basically going on about imperialism and that we don't do that shit. And uh, Lyndon Johnson requested a meeting with him, like, a couple days after that. <laughs> Grabbed him by the shirt. And I can't find the quote, but I saw it in a, in a documentary sometime. And I'm pretty sure what he said to him was something along the lines of, You're shitting in my boat, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Lyndon B. Johnson was a crude man. Great politician. Like, uh, amazing... At his job, but uh, fuck, that's such a terrible fucking statement. <laughs> Lester B. Pearson, you know, he's a hero among Canadians for. Oh, yeah. He he got the first um, peace prize that a, a prime minister's ever received. Mm -hmm. Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah. Um, I have a conspiracy theory about that. Since we're really off topic, yeah. you want to hear it? Yeah. Uh. Well, who was uh, who was prime minister at that time? Uh, Pearson got the fucking uh, uh, peace mm -hmm. prize while he wasn't prime minister. Not a lot of people know that. Uh, 
that he it was in 56 or wherever whenever the Suez crisis right. was right and uh, uh I can't find it uh, Nobel Peace Prize Suez crisis uh, fuck who was Prime Minister 1957 uh, sorry he got th- the Nobel Peace Prize but there's uh, a Prime Minister oh there it is Louis Saint Laurent was mm. the prime minister at the time. And nobody knows about Louis Saint Laurent. Nope. Right? And he was like, I can feel that the... the cons- I think that this is what he was thinking, at least. He's like, I can feel the conservatives are going to win this next election. I'm not very popular. Mm. It's what it is, right? And they're going to put some fucking moron in, as they yeah. always do, right? Some unpopular piece of shit. And John Diefenbaker <laughs> is who they chose. So <laughs> he was right. And he's like, I need to build... Uh, a uh, a successor, somebody who will just take the reins for a number of number of years, and he he ruled for five years, full uh, full term. That's uh, not very common. You don't see that mm-hmm. a lot of the time. So, but anyways, I, the conspiracy theory is that uh, Lester B. Pearson is the creation of oh. Louis Saint <laughs> He's uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I can get into that just because I don't know any better. I mean, I know very little about it, obviously. I had to Google all my facts to get my fucking conspiracy theory again. <laughs> I, l- I love to just uh, pretend that there's uh, always some kind of covert cabal going on <laughs> at all times. That's yeah, what we have now, though, right? <laughs> yeah. It's just some, like, meticulously crafted love child meant to <laughs> Fidel run, Castro. S- run state. With his air quote good looks and his wonderful personality. Hold the fuck up. Do you really think Justin Trudeau's not a good looking dude? Like, I was going to challenge the air quotes there, actually. Um, all right. Yeah. Says, I don't think he's the best looking. I wouldn't say he's great looking. When he pulled that beer out, I was like, beard out. I was like, oh. All right, I mean. Yeah, that pussy doesn't drink beer. Uh, but. <laughs> I don't drink beer. <laughs> um, All right. I, no. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. That'll change the t- subject. Anything else you guys wanted to say on prime ministers? No. We, we could do a whole episode, I think. Could, Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So let's say let's say we we do communism. Sure. And we get okay. the whole world on board, and it's this great peaceful time where everybody's material needs are net mm-hmm. met. I can't talk this episode. I don't know what it is. But uh, what what do sports look like in that world? Oh, I think... Uh, wait, do you want to go first, uh, DJ? Everyone's a winner. <laughs> I think is, is, <laughs> what, is what stereotypes... Everybody gets a participation it, gold yeah, medal. Yeah, that's, that's what Reddit wants me to say, I think. <laughs> Jesus. Uh I think that sports, as we were talking about earlier, is largely a sham, right? It's a way for capitalists to maintain hierarchies, right? As long as LeBron James is making $50 million a year, and as long as nation states can flex their uh, their diplomatic muscle, their soft power, right? Mm-hmm. That there will be these uh, drive to compete in niches, right? But if we truly achieved communism, right? We're, you're not talking about like a world socialist state with vanguard parties in each of the nations. A communist state. Everybody would want to work out and be physically and physically perfect themselves, but it would be so secondary to their uh, wants and needs, right? They would the people that they would idolize would be mental giants. They wouldn't be, uh, you know, LeBron James. Who, who would worship LeBron James when you could read Noam Chomsky or you could read Derrida or you could read... Uh, you don't think Noam Chomsky's a fucking mental giant? That's, uh, no, that's on you, man. I don't think anybody would spend their free time in a utopia reading Chomsky. Really? No. I thought... I, uh, I mean, I, I think they would just, like... I, I agree they wouldn't be that interested in sports. They'd probably just be, like, hanging out with their friends and families and, you know, just kind of doing, you know, just going with the flow. You know, I don't think they'd... Going with the flow means that they're not uh, being members of society, right? For society to be communist, you have to have a balance of forces. There can't be an absence of power power still needs to be distributed it would just be distributed among the people as citizens 
who take their uh, role as a node in society very seriously, you know, as a, a commonwealth freeholder, if you will. Yeah. Otherwise, it won't maintain itself, you know what I mean? It will just, if you just do, if you're just chilling, you know what I mean? Someone who's smarter and more ambitious and more ruthless will be quiet and lie and create covert cabals behind people's backs and then unbalance the system and create a chauvinism or imperialism. Mm. The, the, for communism to be achieved, air quotes, uh, it must be a continuous effort. There must be constant revolution. Damn, no chilling under communism. That's, uh... <sighs> yeah, it's not, not sounding as yeah. good anymore. <laughs> What you what do you, you had have all your material needs met right? You're uh there wouldn't be oh am I gonna make rent this month? Oh am I gonna uh be able to feed myself well? It, it would be just be like a a desire to prove yourself among your peers, among your little group. I mean to uh, prove to yourself that you can understand and master as many things that you can and what if sports was one of those things i mean i guess they would be but it just there wouldn't be a reward system that would allow it to become such a grotesque monster you know what i mean such a uh a cancerous growth on society well i mean if everybody's got so much free time maybe maybe sports will take on a new life but also i just want to add i think i think that a lot of people would will be I say vibing but I mean it in like a productive way like they're baking bread they're you know they're podcasting <laughs> you can do that stuff I think that's I don't think that's uh, I'm, I don't think I'm scratching those out right but there would still be a portion of the day a portion of the week actually would probably be uh, better to say because you don't need to work every day no, no goddamn way do you need to work every no. day under communism. But you, uh, you would still want to work towards overcoming yourself, you know? Even if it's just like, I want to be better at golf. I want to be better at whatever. You know what I mean? There would just be this need to constantly improve yourself. But it would never be to be the best at anything. That would just be ridiculous. Uh, it, it wouldn't be nonsensical to you. Because any system that is trying to get the best of anything would inherently become corrupt you would see that as a betrayal of the revolution yeah so maybe sports would take on a more local life like local yeah for sure like i want to be the best you know the best b-baller in my school or i want to beat fucking charles from upstairs and on his fucking golf course he he is very absolutely i i i he is. I fuck, have you I have you seen his guy. form? Wow. <laughs> Last year at the social, wow, that guy is just showing off his skills. He does know how to. He knows how to tee off. I'll give him that. Yeah. Much. <laughs> but Charles uh, commits most of his life to golf, and uh, that's why we have to keep this output going so that he can continue to work on his short game. Yeah. But uh, but uh, no, I I, I don't I sorry I want to grant you that there would still need to be like a controlled hierarchy mechanism uh, within people's youths, right? They're still chimpanzees for all intents and purposes mm-hmm. until they're extremely literate, right? But uh, no, the, the, the way that it exists now is uh, heightened or accentuated to such a ridiculous degree because of the reward system that are set up under the capitalist doctrine, mm-hmm. right? Because LeBron James makes $50 million a year, every high school in all of America has its entire uh, (laughs) social, sexual order centered around that kind of uh, thing. Or Tom Brady, whatever kind of insert there. I'm with you on that. I I agree. Like, as a uh, a Formula One fan, I know exactly what you're talking about. Formula One should speak more to you, man. What Formula One fan came from nothing? You know what I mean? Sorry, Formula One driver came from nothing. That is a rich man's sport. I mean, there's a handful, always... but they, they do all have benefactors. Yes, it is, it is patronage and 
it is actually a complete expression of corporatism or imperialism, I would say. It would be one of the first to go if I was <laughs> to do a Maoist revolution. <laughs> now, um, uh, we're running close to an hour, and I just had a, I had a thought here. And uh, I want to preface it by saying, like, I, I pretty much agree with you on everything, Jacob, um, that the way we present Thank sports you. is, like, at its core, just pretty rotten. Um, but But with this idea of wanting to become you know, uh, taking it back to the sports under communism, um, this idea of wanting to become the best you, you know, this best individual, um, isn't that, it, like, sports are inherently designed in a capacity where you're going to lose, right? That's part of sports. Mm -hmm. uh, does I don't even really know what I'm asking, but I guess, like, does that inherently go against? No, you're right. And uh, to some extent, I think uh, I'm blinded by the systems that have created me, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Stalin, Stalin banned uh, gay people after it was uh, legalized in the uh, 1917 mm -hmm. revolution. You know what I mean? They're, everyone is blinded by the the uh the forces of their time and maybe uh people will see through sport to such an extent that nobody will do it right it'll all just be like a mm -hmm. workout thing where you're just trying to keep physically fit so that you can be less of a burden to the state and more smoothly interact with your nexus of people perhaps you never know i'm kind right? of thinking inversely but, uh, i'm sorry to cut you off uh, i don't want i don't want to forget this thought but uh, i kind of see it more personally is that uh, if you don't win, right, this is almost, it, it almost acts as a conduit where you're, where you're saying, okay, well, like, shit, someone beat me. I need to improve further. Like, I am not mm. where I want to be at this thing because this other individual has bested me. Mm. So can you flesh that out more? What's the criticism at, 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 of my Well, position? I'm just, I, I suppose just what I'm trying to say is that, like, um, from what I'm understanding, you're you're taking this position that like oh like yeah fuck sports, like like they they only exist to be a, a mode of uh, you know exercise or hierarchy yeah or or therapy like personal projection. But uh, I'm kind yeah. of I guess as a counterpoint saying like competition's not bad, like competition is. In our society, you like you know, you look at the Olympics and it's like, oh, they lost, dang, darn. Like, sure, great, the first place team is China, great, good job, China, flexing on everyone. And uh, you know, I don't want to say that to belittle your point. I definitely agree with you there. Um, that winning is just like a weird diplomatic projection. But yeah. in this communist society, uh, I, I think there would still be merit to winning and losing. Like, I think there would still be a lot of merit to competition because competition. Competition writ large or competition in the athletics? Just, just, in, uh, just in athletics and sports, you know, just being able to yeah. give yourself the perspective to say, oh, I'm not as good as I thought I was. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I, I just I can't see what it would be without the uh the institutions that create the mm -hmm. the drives that propel the, the masses to that kind of uh, uh fervor need to compete yes that's uh, a, that's a great yeah word. and I, I guess if it really came like i can't either but I, I think if it came down to that point it would be a personal drive you know it would be because you love a sport you know or you love yeah no, I don't believe in free will. <laughs> so. <laughs> and something, something yeah. else I just want to throw in there is, you know, we've been doing sport a long time. Like, it's evolved in every society and culture in its own kind of unique mm -hmm. way. And I don't think, I don't think you can just pull that out of people with, like, calculating communist rationality. I, well, I think it would just become so less uh, focused on in society because of the. Uh, because of the lack of competition for uh, material goods, for uh, your material needs, there wouldn't be that uh, the hierarchy to uh, 
to instill in the masses across the nations because there wouldn't be this dream of a way out of your poverty-stricken life through physical excellence, right? There, and that's the feedback loop that really creates the, the disgustingness, I think. Yeah. But. Although just kind of... Oh, shit, no. Where'd the thought go? No, come back to me. Can I do the Marx quote? Oh, yeah, it's, we're Marx minute. Hang on, do I have a soundboard clip for you yet? Yeah. I should get one in here. One for this episode. Uh, it's Take the Marx minute with Jacob. <laughs> oh, that's really threatening. <laughs> I feel like he's gonna gulag me. <laughs> I'm 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 a kulak. I that's, deserve uh, the gulag. <laughs> Charles upstairs for anybody interested. He's cocking the gun because we're running over an hour. Yeah, we're going to go a little longer, uh, but that's okay. It's a good shot. Um, so the quote this week, uh, I think, you know, right on topic for our, our discussion of uh, trying to overcome sports as, a, as an institution, but it's from the 18th, of, uh, 18th Brumaire of Louis... Na uh, fuck me. I'm going to try that again. It's from the 18th Brumaire of Louis Bonaparte, and uh, here's the quote. Men make their own history, but they do not make it as they please. They do not make it under self-selected circumstances, but under circumstances existing already, given and transmitted from the past. The tradition of all dead generations weighs like a nightmare on the brains of the living. And just as they seem to be occupied with revolutionizing themselves and things, creating something that did not exist before, Precisely in such epochs of revolutionary crisis, they anxiously conjure up the spirits of the past to their service, borrowing from them names, battle slogans, and costumes in order to present this new scene in world history in time-honored disguise and borrowed language. Nobody writes like Marx. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pertinent. And I, I thought of what I was going to say. I mean, Sorry. Talk about uh, you know removing competition from daily life. People aren't, won't be as interested in competition in sport. But there's a lot of sports that have like more emphasis on cooperation than on competition. Example. Like any of the big team sports, soccer, baseball, football. Like you're coordinating a, with a full team of other people against what is really just one entity. Oh, I, I, how can you think that? I think soccer is the perfect example of the ego masturbating itself all over international hierarchies. Think of a soccer player, a, a professional soccer player, just in the ideal. <laughs> what do you think of? You know what I mean? Yeah. There is nothing but, you know, brutal competition and uh, overcoming and refusal of having peers and cooperation they're prima donnas, all of them. You know what no, I mean? No, they're all so garbage, I, but if they don't work together, then they don't win. I, uh, Germany loses to Ronaldinho. That's all I'm going to say <laughs> about that. Ronaldo, sorry. Huh. It's okay. None of us can talk this episode. Who needs to talk on a podcast? Yeah, overrated. Just fill it with soundboard Hi. bites and uh, call it a day. Charles isn't going to listen to it anyway. How did I do? Did I did I speak too much? I did. I don't think so. We'll <laughs> look at the uh, the waveform in Audacity afterwards. I'll send you a screenshot if you want to see it. Uh, does anybody have any any closing thoughts they want to share? Um, we'll cut it off in a minute five here. Yeah. Uh, if uh, I just want to say that if um, if China doesn't win in ping pong, uh, I'm. I'm throwing because I have a lot of money. <laughs> I have a lot of money on China winning gold. Um, oh, so <laughs> we needed that comedic <laughs> fucking break. It was getting a little heavy in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I should have led with that question about sports under communism. We got a good chat out of that. I enjoyed it too, but fuck if the if the audience wasn't roped in with all that nonsense to begin with. They <laughs> So they might have just shut it yeah, out. Yeah, uh, you know what? That's fair. Only the true believers will know <laughs> what's good. Only the true <laughs> listeners make it past the 30-minute mark. Yeah. That's fucking great. 
Alright, well. I'm, I'm stopping. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. Tune in next week when we're going to do we're gonna do a bracket. We've got the top sixteen Olympic sports. We're gonna figure out which one is the best. In the true spirit of communism. <laughs> Yeah, we're going against everything I just got into there. We're also going to distribute medals to the uh, top-ranking sports and give give their countries grants and monies and fame and acolytes. It's going to be great. Yeah. Somebody remind me remind me to do the Socrates bit about Olympians next week. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Bye.